0: I'm Kate Daniels. Heart health, cardiovascular health. It's a subject I feel strongly about, in particular because the related diseases combine to be the number one killer of people in this country. So we need to be more informed, more aware on what we can and need to do to keep ourselves in the best health possible for the time that we do reside here on the planet. To this end, we have Dr. Jay Cohn joining us this morning. Dr. Cohn is professor of medicine at the University of Minnesota Medical School and director of the Rasmussen Center of Cardiovascular Disease Prevention. And to support our education at our own pace, Dr. Cohn has a new easy-to-read book, Cardiovascular Health, How Conventional Wisdom is Failing Us. So let's meet Dr. Cohn to learn more. Dr. Jay Cohn, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning.
1: Good morning, Kate. It's a pleasure to join you.
0: And, of course, thank you for the work that you do. Your your career, your dedication has been to cardiovascular disease, and you join us this morning with a new book that you have with that title, actually. It's Cardiovascular Health, How Conventional Wisdom is Failing Us. And so with uh, all the research that you've done, all the exposure you've had, you really have done uh, some incredible analysis here and I feel bring us important information because heart disease, cardiovascular disease, being what it is in our world today, I think we're all just really wanting to know what we can do to make sure that we stay as healthy as possible for as long as possible. Well, I
1: think that's that's our goal. Uh, I spent most of my career dealing with end stage disease, really advanced illnesses that people came to the hospital with, and we tried to keep them alive and salvage them and get them home uh, with for a limited lifestyle. And I came to the realization, oh, probably ten or twelve years ago, that this approach was missing the opportunity to keep people healthy rather than waiting until they become very sick, and then we pull out all the stops in our management strategies. So this is a shift in my emphasis from a management of acute illness to prevention of the disease from the, from the beginning.
0: And certainly prevention is such a, a key word we wanted and really highlighted here uh, because that is what we're looking to do. We don't want to get to a point that we've just deteriorated where we we get to that point where you said you were dealing with end-stage disease. We want to, to stay vibrant. And yet you're saying that conventional wisdom has failed us. Why has that happened? You know, I think in terms of conventional wisdom, and I'm thinking about diet and exercise. But is the, you're s- suggesting this is not sufficient?
1: Now, that's right. I think well, we have misled the American people a bit with our emphasis on the importance of exercise and diet in the causes and management of heart disease. It is true that an uh, imprudent lifestyle, uh, getting overweight, being a couch potato, uh, eating the wrong foods can have an impact on cardiovascular health. But it's a very modest effect. In fact, it's been very difficult in in all sorts of trials that have been carried out in the last decade or so. It's been very difficult to demonstrate that Changing a person's diet, getting them to exercise, improving the prudence of their lifestyle has an impact on disease progression, even though we recognize that it must have some influence. Uh, Most of the cardiovascular health is inherited, and the genetics that determine your own personal risk have been determined at the moment of birth. And if your disease is progressing, it does in all of us. Our our arteries age, our heart ages. It's the rate of that aging process that determines whether we're going to have a heart attack at age 50 or we're going to reach 100 without a heart attack. That's largely determined by our genetics. And we can alter that rate of progression with drugs that interfere with the biological process In the arteries and the heart. And if we recognize that the process is progressing and needs to be slowed, drugs can, in fact, alter the rate of progression far more effectively than changing your diet or changing your exercise pattern. And that's where I think conventional wisdom, which has emphasized these lifestyle choices, Has misled us into thinking that's all that we we need to do,
0: and that's not all. And so this is good. We established that yes, lifestyle is important. However, we do need to look at those genetics. And yet, isn't it true that it's more in more recent decades that we're able to do this than, say, my parents' generation, where they had no idea what their their history really was because there wasn't such attention to it.
1: Well, that's in part true. Uh, Of course, many people don't know what, what their grandparents died from and may not be aware of their family history. And until the last decade or two, we didn't have the tools to evaluate the health of the arteries and the heart. So we just waited for people to have a heart attack and then aggressively treated them, now recognizing they had advanced disease. But in in the current era, we have techniques that will allow us to assess the health of the arteries and the heart in healthy people. And uh, those people we can identify with early disease. We intervene with treatment to protect them and uh, save them from a premature illness, which would otherwise terminate their life or impair their quality of life. So we can do that now, which we couldn't do uh, a couple decades ago, and that really opens the door for what I I believe is preventive therapy that can save health care costs, reduce the burden of illness in our society, and keep people healthy until they reach an advanced age uh, Uh, we'd like to think everyone could be uh, kept healthy from the cardiovascular standpoint until they reach 100. And that would really save uh, the country lots of money in terms of health care costs.
0: Oh, indeed. And of course, it it would be such an improved quality of life to have that go along. So really, this is what we want, isn't it?
1: I think that's what we want. Many people have raised the issue that dementia is going to uh, occur and that we'll have a lot of uh, unhealthy old people who are unaware of their surroundings, but I think we need to recognize that dementia is largely a vascular disease, and uh, thus if we can protect the arteries by intervening early, I'm confident we will also reduce the risk of dementia occurring prematurely.
0: And that is one of the diseases that I think frightens so many people. We do see it increasing. So by that situation, what you're saying, you know, being able to identify this, do these tests early on, just is wise. It makes so much sense.
1: Correct. Uh, right. That's really the whole uh, emphasis here is to get away from the idea that, uh, cardiovascular disease is a normal process of aging and having a heart attack at age 65. Well, that's just, uh, you it was dealt by the cards and you can't do anything about that. Yes, you can. And I consider a heart attack at age 65 to be a failure of our healthcare system.
0: So then to do these tests... So often uh, these days it seems we bump up against uh, insurance regulations as to, well, you know, if there isn't a real apparent reason to do this test, you know, the doctor isn't allowed to do it. How do we deal with that sort of thing? Because what you're suggesting is definitely such common sense.
1: I think we have to change the attitude of not only the public but the healthcare care system. You know, the health care system vigorously supports Screening for cancer. Uh, whether it's a mammogram or a colonoscopy or prostate screening, uh, the healthcare system and the insurance industry encourages otherwise healthy people to undergo these screening tests in order to identify the earliest stages of cancer. They have not had the same attitude toward cardiovascular disease for reasons I'm not entirely of. Uh, I guess the medical profession has vigorously supported cancer screening, but has not actually supported cardiovascular screening. And I think the time is now ripe for us to embark on a modernized approach, recognizing that cardiovascular disease is more common than cancer. It's going to kill more than half of the American adults and we have to recognize when that disease is accelerating, and we have the potential to slow it down, that we should encourage screening if we can document that the screening identifies the individuals who are going to progress in their disease. So part of the problem is that we haven't really generated enough long-term data yet to document the effectiveness of early screening, and we're vigorously pursuing that now. Uh, We're expanding our program, hopefully around the country, so that more communities have access to the screening process that we use, but uh, there's nothing magical about what we do. I think screening could be accomplished far more effectively everywhere than it is today. We have a unique screening program that we developed at the University of Minnesota, which We're promulgating beyond the app, Minnesota, Uh, but I I think this should be taken up by other groups as well because screening is possible. It can be inexpensive. We We do indeed get insurance reimbursement for the screening that we do at the University of Minnesota, and of course we need to get more evidence that this should be employed more widely.
0: And of course, comparing it as you have done with saying how we get these screenings for certain kinds of cancers is such a a great way to, to tie that in because it was people really pushing for it, you know, refusing that we should keep dying from this particular disease. We need to do something comparable then when it comes to heart disease because, as you said, it is that cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death for our population.
1: It is, and, of course, the idea that that it's self-inflicted is really what's driven some of the attitudes uh, nationally to uh, efforts to identify it and treat it. If you think that it's just because people have misbehaved then you have a different attitude toward, whereas with cancer, the general assumption is, I've been struck by this evil force that I had no control over. But uh, heart disease also is so importantly related to your genetic profile that you have no control over that either. And we have to emphasize that to get people more enthused about what we're trying to do. This isn't This isn't just because you didn't exercise or you got overweight. This is because you have been born with a gene which, in fact, mandates an accelerated rate of progression of heart and blood vessel disease.
0: So this screening sounds really positive, so optimistic for the future. Is it a fairly simple process? Uh, Can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Well, the screening that we do is a one-hour testing. It's all non-invasive. There's no radiation. Uh, And uh, we visualize some of the arteries in the body with ultrasound. We do some tests of function. We do a brief exercise test to document how much the blood pressure changes. Uh, We take a picture of the blood vessels in the back of the eye. These tests are all done in one room by one technician so that it's very efficient. And we generate a score for cardiovascular health, which determines whether we are going to tell people they're fine and they can come back in five years and get their tests redone, or whether they have disease that is either very early or appears to be progressive, and we make a recommendation what their doctor should do to treat them.
0: And so because this is happening at the university, these, uh, the screening is done, and then it's always a referral to their own physician and their own specialist in that particular cardio area.
1: Yes, we provide a report that they get themselves, and it also goes to their healthcare care provider so that the healthcare care provider can uh, undertake the management strategy that we recommend.
0: And in terms of what you have been working with over these years, uh, Dr. Cohn, have you found uh, that there's been that step of prevention people have discovered? Yes, they have that genetic predisposition and have been able to receive the proper treatment?
1: Well, we we have lots of data that we're in the midst of analyzing. Uh, We certainly can demonstrate that when we... uh, intervene with drugs that we believe in, and uh, I should mention some of the treatments that uh, we recommend. Uh, Very often it's a statin drug. Uh, I know the statin drugs have had a lot of uh, publicity in recent years, and some people come in with a prejudice against taking a statin pill because there has been literature suggesting terrible side effects, those are all overstated. For the most part, people tolerate statins very well. It's occasional individual who does not, and we can work with them to find alternate ways to get them treated. Uh, we often prescribe drugs that lower blood pressure. Uh, it's important to recognize that they do lower blood pressure, but we treat many people whose blood pressures are normal with these drugs because we have found early disease even though their blood pressure is normal, these drugs protect the artery. They heal the vascular abnormality, which is progressive otherwise. And uh, we can document that when we've treated people with these drugs, that there is over uh, a period of a year or two, a marked regression of the changes, an improvement of the health of their arteries and heart, demonstrating that we have had a favorable effect, which we think will be rewarded by a longer, disease-free life expectancy, and that's our goal.
0: And would these medications be something that a person, an individual, would use uh, throughout their life then, or is it something that maybe repairs uh, the vascular system? Uh, What happens in that regard?
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Unfortunately, uh, the usual recommendation is that once you start taking these pills, you're going to take them for the rest of your life. And, uh, of course, uh, these drugs are almost all generic. They're very inexpensive. The healthcare care system should offer them free to people who will benefit from them because of the importance of slowing progression of disease and reducing health care costs. So, uh, it's unfortunate that uh, uh, the expense of taking these medications keeps some people from staying on them. And uh, even though they're generic, uh, they do cost something. And I wish we had a health care system that was more attuned to keeping people healthy and uh, would obviously offer medications like that free.
0: Oh, that sounds like so much common sense to offer that to prevent some catastrophic illness in the future that just uh, devastates families, devastates a person's life, potentially kills them. If we could do this prevention ahead of time with taking some particular medication.
1: Yes, and in fact, you know, and we have a healthcare system that is under threat now for major reduction of access to health care, for the very people that we want to keep healthy and uh, reduce our health care costs.
0: Yes, exactly. Looking at the statins, because as you said, they have been getting a bad rap and some people can't tolerate them, but there are a variety of them, aren't there? So that potentially if one doesn't work, another might fit the bill?
1: Well, that's what we do usually when uh, faced with a patient who Uh, develops muscle discomfort, which is the most common side effect to a statin. Uh, It isn't common, but it is more uh, common uh, than any other side effect. And uh, we work with the patient, can usually get them on a low dose of a different statin that they can tolerate. And those people who can't tolerate a statin, and there are some who can't, Uh, we find alternate ways of of addressing their vascular health and manage to to, uh, get them treated effectively.
0: So let's take a moment and mention this book, where all of this information that we are touching on this morning can be found and uh, really further researched, cardiovascular health. How conventional wisdom is failing us, and with us this morning, the author of this really important book, Dr. Jay Cohn. Dr. Cohn, you have written this in such a way that I think it's easily readable by the general public, and. I think that it behooves us to do that, to become informed, because maybe then we are the ones who are going to be the, the push here, the, the, the motivator to get this accepted generally across the country.
1: Absolutely. That's exactly right. The public really is far more tuned into this than the medical profession is, unfortunately. The medical profession follows the path that they've been led on by the uh, the guidelines and the healthcare establishment, the the community and the public understand the risk that they're uh, in. I think every individual is aware of their own personal risk, and to recognize that it isn't all what you do. Much of this is dependent on what you've inherited. Uh, then the opportunity to change your trajectory of disease progression uh, is something that the public needs to understand, and they should really be pushing for uh, federal support for the identification and management of early disease to keep everybody healthy.
0: Yes. And and everybody is the key here. We can't be looking selectively at uh, just people who can afford it or have been, I'm fortunate because I have good medical insurance through where I work, but not everybody has that. But we need that accessible kind of affordable health insurance so that everyone is on this level playing living field.
1: That's it. And I think the public is is the vehicle to get this more widely established and accepted.
0: Yes, and I think we can look back to the cancer, particularly when we look at breast cancer and we see what the public has been able to accomplish in that way, really energized in numbers and fundraising, making their voices heard, That's the kind of thing we really need to be promoting here, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. You've hit the nail on the head. I think the public drives much of what we do, and uh, we need to get them involved in this process.
0: So there is an encouraging part of that. You know, we can realize that we really are not just, oh, poor victims here, realize that we have potential, we do have the power in our hands and our voices, we just need to get active.
1: That's correct. So let's let's uh, move progressively in that direction, and, and you have the opportunity, Kate, to uh, play a role in that.
0: Well, thank you. Yes, I hope that that is the case. I trust that's the case because certainly with media, we can use it in this kind of strong fashion to reach, you know, innumerable, countless people to plant these seeds, to support moving forward, to become educated, such as we're talking about cardiovascular health, how conventional wisdom is failing us become informed, pick up a copy of this book and learn and know what we're talking about and really get our voices heard out there.
1: I'm very supportive of that uh, idea, and I think that the book has been written, of course, uh, to explain to the, um, the lay public what a cardiovascular disease is, how it progresses, how we can intervene to alter its course. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, doctors don't have the time or inclination to explain to patients. And one of the problems with our current healthcare care system is that uh, the, the patient sees the doctor for about five minutes, and then the doctor is out of the room going to another room, and they don't have time to educate or explain, and they're not oriented to doing that. Here is an opportunity for the public to gain some insight into what this is all about and why what we're saying is so rational.
0: Yes, and I think if we have a a good doctor that we're working with, when we come armed with information and have some solid questions, we can really direct the care of our health and really dictate that we stay healthy.
1: Absolutely. This is the responsibility of every individual And uh, it's not something that's going to be imposed upon people by some external force. It's people have to take charge of their own health. And if that involves getting some medication to slow a disease from progressing, then, in fact, that's what we need to do.
0: Yes. And I feel that here... From a very strong medical perspective, from the research, from the educational area, from the University of Minnesota, which is where you teach, where you are a professor of medicine, here we have that really informed, deep understanding, but again, written in a way that any of us can understand, and we can really make a difference. So, in this area of cardiovascular health and disease, we can take a, a turn at making a shift, making it go in a better direction.
1: Absolutely. It's, it does require a, a shift in our emphasis from disease management to health management, and that's where healthcare has got to move. We, we have to stop just paying attention to people who are deathly ill and uh, require fancy devices and treatments and strategies and surgery. That's not where health care should be. Healthcare should be keeping people healthy.
0: Yes, yes, keeping healthy each step of the way. And so if we do the preventive part, do the analysis, do the screening in advance to see what's going on, we can take that prevention step using, you know, healthy lifestyle, but also using medications that make a difference in our body. Absolutely. Yes. Well this is really such um so important, so life giving for us and empowering. I think that what you've done for us, Dr. Cohen, this morning is really enlightened us as to what we are able to do in our lives. Certainly, we can become informed. That's, of course, important. If we have that information, people are going to listen to us much better than if we just have a, a feeling about it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we have to get improved awareness and recognition of the potential for what we could do to alter health uh, healthcare system.
0: Yes. All of it plays hand-in-hand, hand and, and that is another piece of it uh, with our health care system. That, too, requires our voice, speaking up, speaking out about what we know needs to be done for every single individual uh, across the land, right?
1: Yes, and uh, awareness and education is an important component of making this happen.
0: Yes, and certainly here's an important way we can educate ourselves regarding our cardio health, and that is with this book, Cardiovascular Health, How Conventional Wisdom is Failing Us. New, brand new book, and of course it's available uh, at all of our favorite book sources, correct, Dr. Cohn?
1: Well, I think uh, your bookstore can order it if they don't have it, and of course it's available on Amazon for people who are comfortable using the, uh, the media to collect their uh, their books.
0: Yes, Well, I certainly do appreciate your dedication to prevention, to good health, to really focusing on our cardiovascular health, the fact that you've written this very readable book, Dr. Cohn. And of course, I thank you so greatly for taking your important time with us this morning. Well, Kate,
1: thank you very much for having me.
0: It's been a pleasure.